Hey everybody, welcome to another end of the year video from Drive Through Review. Uh, this one is going to be way out of the norm. I've never done a video quite like this. Uh, there's going to be four videos if you're just kind of coming across this one randomly on the internet. I normally talk about board games on this channel and I've got my best and worst of the year and then I've got a looking forward to 2016 video. Always going to be kind of posted around the same time. Uh, this video is my top five sort of geeky moments of 2015 and I have a huge problem with that title. Um, but on the other hand, I really don't care. I just don't like the term uh, geek and I don't like the geek as a commodity kind of aspect. It really irritates me for some reason. Um, and But it is what it is and at the end of the day, I don't really think too much about it. It's just when I do think about it, I'm like, that's pretty dumb. And then I just kind of move on with my life. Uh, but like I said, I make board game videos and reviews and all kinds of stuff here. So I have sort of this strange position that I've sort of accidentally fallen into. I've had folks call me like a media personality or whatever. Uh, I don't really necessarily agree with that, but I don't really argue about it too much. I'm just a guy with a camera that turns it on and posts them stupidly <laughs> on the internet for everybody to see. That's it. Uh, so I I'm also a fan of things, a fan of board games, obviously, but a fan of uh, things that a lot of people are fans of. Uh, some of those are going to show up on this list, obviously. Uh, so it's, I'm in a strange spot and I'm going to talk more about this at the end of the video because I just want to kind of do the top five for fun and then I'll kind of give you some of my background thoughts and that's kind of more for people that are normally watching my channel who don't necessarily randomly hit on this video. So number five is A Force Awakens from Star Wars. I've seen the movie twice, saw it in 3D uh, just yesterday actually, and went back and saw it. And I did actually have some sort of quibbles with it the first time I saw it, but I think I was like a little too amped or something because you know, I'm gonna be turning 40 in 2016. And when I first saw the first, first movie, I think I must've been three or four. <laughs> So you can kind of imagine like the mindset going into that movie, especially in 79 or 80 when I first saw it. Uh, it was like a re-release in the theater or something. I don't really remember, but I do remember distinctly going to the theater and watching it and being completely like overwhelmed by the movie. I mean, just, I don't know if you can really think back to that age, but I have, for some reason I have kind of vivid memories early. Um, and that's definitely one of them. And so anyway, Getting back to this, I think I was a little amped to see the movie, so I was like, "Oh, there's a plot hole, and I'm not going to spoil anything. You know, that's weird. Why did this happen right at the end? You know, stuff like that. And this person's related to this person. How? Like, what's the connection there? That doesn't, you know, there's not quite enough there. But then I watched it again and kind of just relaxed and had a good time, not really with any expectations because I already knew it was going to happen. I just kind of watched it and really enjoyed it and got into it. And the next point I'm going to make is going to kind of tie in with the number one item on the list as well as my overall thought. So the other kind of weird thing about Star Wars and about geek in general is the over commodification of the property. Now I do not blame like Lucasfilm or Disney for doing that because they need to make money and spend lots of money and make more Star Wars movies. If, they, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I'm sure the people really have a good time making them. I got that sense, especially the second time I watched it, that everybody involved seemed to me to pretty much enjoy and have a good time, especially some of the main characters and the new characters. Uh, they seem to be really enjoying themselves. I mean, some of that of course is acting and tricks of the camera, but it was a very fun vibe. But leading up to the movie, I was kind of done with everything related to it because you would just see it everywhere. Everywhere you'd walk, you would see Star Wars this and that. And to the point that I hadn't really seen it this bad. And I don't really remember 
you know, like when the Lord of the Rings movies come out and Harry Potter and stuff, uh, nobody in my family, my kids never really got that much into Harry Potter a little bit, but uh, I don't even remember it being so omnipresent and just everywhere you turn. Like I literally turned off social media for myself for a week leading up to it because I didn't want to spoil anything. And that was, I think, smart. I did see some people get kind of spoiler, you know, friendly, you know, after the day or two of the movie being released. Um, but it's kind of a strange thing. Cause like I said, I saw the movie when I was four, three or four, and it resonated with me. And, you know, obviously got really into it. And in some ways became like a myth in the, in my life, you know, sort of a myth that I would reference in terms of, you know, just different situations that come up sometimes. I know that probably sounds weird, but I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, but also then I just see it sort of like chewed up and spit out and just turned into like, hey, here's a cool trinket or toy or something that is based around it. And of course, I had little Star Wars figures when I was a child. Uh, but it's a strange kind of thing to watch. And you can see it a lot in life and especially in the United States where you just kind of take a thing. It gets really it's really cool and artistic or whatever and really innovative and neat. And then let's just turn it into money. <laughs> And so this is like a, the fact of life living in 2015. But I did really enjoy the game, uh, the uh, the movie. Had a lot of fun with it. I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Then go see it if you enjoy that kind of thing. It's really a good time and not to be taken too seriously. I think and really picked apart. So let's move on. Uh, number four is a Jessica Jones, and I could kind of pair this with Daredevil. Now they're both TV shows that were on Netflix. I put Jessica Jones just slightly above Daredevil. I really like Daredevil too, but you can kind of think of this as like a pairing because they're set in the same world of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Jessica Jones, though, for me, blew me away. I didn't know anything about the character at all. I knew a lot about Daredevil. I've read some of the comics and stuff. Um, I'm more of a Punisher person, but Jessica Jones, I had no clue going into what she was about, what her powers were even about, or anything like that. And the villain was amazing in Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones herself was amazing. There were some awkward, stilted dialogue scenes, like several, um, but never enough within one given episode to really knock me out of the immersion of it at all. It's just certain things and certain interactions that they then would actually reference later in the series and it kind of, oh, I see why we cared about these people because I were like, really, what does this have to do with the story? But then they would tie it back in and it would make perfect sense. But I think the delivery or something in the script was just like a little bit wonky in some places. And I had some of the same issues with Daredevil. Now, Daredevil has the one fight scene everybody refers to. Uh, Jessica Jones didn't have anything like that, but there were so many memorable moments, especially with Jessica herself and dealing with the villain and just her relationship with everybody and how she her power sort of related to the environment. That was very cool. Um, and just explore a lot of dark elements, which were very interesting to me, and just some of the different elements that most heroes types of superhero types of things don't explore. And I really would recommend it. Now, it's not def definitely not for kids, but it's it's super like R-rated for sure. Uh, but there's just a lot of elements and interesting issues that it just kind of sort of gracefully and lightly touches on. And then you have sort of a nice superhero origin story sort of thing happening. Uh, very, very cool. Both Daredevil and Jessica Jones could probably be reduced to 10 episodes instead of 13 because both of them for me kind of had like uh, okay, well, we could have just removed that episode and skipped to the next one. Um, you know, they could have done something and just kind of drug a little bit long, but overall, awesome, both Daredevil and Jessica Jones, but especially Jessica Jones, just for being so unique and different for me. Uh, the number three one is uh, actually a board game, and uh, that's 
one of the reasons I kind of created this list because it was kind of percolating. Uh, it's a game called Pandemic Legacy. And if you've not heard of it, I'll try to be brief because I think most people watching this will have heard of it. It is uh, based on a board game called Pandemic, which is a cooperative game where you go and try and cure diseases on planet Earth. Uh, this one is what's called a legacy game, where if you play a game one time, you're going to make permanent changes to uh, the board and you might tear up different cards that you would normally use in the game. And so it's a permanent change to the world. And then the next time you play, you're your changes are going to have impact on your future plays and this is meant to be played over sort of 12 months and you're going to play it anywhere from 12 to 24 times depending how often you win or lose the game and it has a cool sort of sweeping narrative arc that goes across all of those games now you can still actually keep playing it once you're done with it i initially thought when i finished it that you couldn't keep playing, but you totally can. Now, if you go to a website called Board Game Geek, uh, you can look up some threads. Don't do that until you actually finish the sort of campaign or series of missions, uh, because you, you end up spoiling a lot of the story elements for you. But you can actually keep playing it. It's kind of like you have your own personal version of Pandemic. And this to me is number three, because I think this game uh, really is like a transcendent game in a lot of ways. Now, there isn't the first legacy game, and it definitely isn't the first co-op or the first pandemic, but to me, it transcended on multiple levels all of what's been going on with board gaming, you know, over the last, let's say, 20 years, you know, refinement and streamlining of design, abstraction of different mechanics to represent different things, and keeping players invested from start to finish at the beginning of the game all the way to the end, and then also weaving in sort of just sort of hinting and then alluding to and then presenting in a way that lets the players develop the narrative through their actions and through their participation in these kind of abstract mechanics. Uh, so awesome game. The, the story itself is very unique. I did a spoiler and a non-spoiler review of it, so you can check that out. Uh, it's hard for me to talk about it without spoiling it too much. So if, if you really are interested, just like sort of curiously, and you know, don't think you might play it or don't really care about spoilers, you can watch the spoiler because I'll talk about specific instances that happened during the campaign that really just hooked me in and just, you know, shook me a little bit. And I think it's really opened up a lot of realm of possibilities. I'll talk a lot about, more about that in the spoiler review as well, in terms of what's possible with this sort of boxed environment of a board game. So that was number three, Pandemic Legacy. Uh, number two uh, was Mad Max Fury Road. Now Mad Max is another kind of childhood sort of uh, callback to nostalgia for me because I really enjoyed uh, Road Warrior and Thunderdome. Frankly, don't really remember, I have a vague memory of the original Mad Max, but I think that actually came out right when I was born or something or the year after I was born. Um, but, so I like the post-apocalyptic theme. I'm sort of predisposed to that. If, if you had to say, what's your favorite, you know, you do like sci-fi or fantasy or whatever, or zombies or, you know, I would say post-apocalyptic, I like that a lot, you know. Uh, that's a whole other video why I like that a lot, but I really do like that a lot and I thought they did a really interesting job with this where to me the film was so much just about the transmission of the film and I know that sounds wonky, but it doesn't really set up in 
exposit like a lot of plot and character backstory. It just kind of drops you in and then you just kind of pick up like who the characters are and what their motivations may or may not be. Uh, and then there's a lot of crazy awesome actions and stunts that aren't CGI driven. I think there's some CGI in the film, but uh, you know, there's not very much CGI and it's sort of old school realistic stunts with cars and a car chase and uh, you know, different action sequences. Uh, well, there's definitely one part that's definitely CGI, but the majority of it isn't. And it has an interesting sort of allegory to life, obviously, because everybody's a human being doing what they do. So you're obviously going to make connections to modern life and different you know, characters maybe in your life or in general in the media. Uh, but it does all that so subtly and so like effortless, effortlessly and uh, on, sort of honestly just like you know trying to have a good time kind of the same vibe as uh, The Force Awakens where it's just kind of easy going and it's just giving you this nice yarn to sort of latch onto for a couple hours and spin you out and it does so in just that very almost like innocent way that really is reminds me of like the original Star Wars and a little bit of The Force Awakens where you just kind of buckle your seatbelt, you get in and you learn about these characters and you, and you sit with them and they don't sit there and lecture you or they don't sit there and, you know, tell you all about their life stories. You're just in there with them in the car or in the truck. And it's, it's a good time, but it's also some tense moments and some interesting drama, you know, with uh, Furiosa, the character and Max and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I would probably suggest go read some reviews or something about it if you really wanted a nice cinema break. And I'm not a movie reviewer like at all. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but um, definitely give a look at that. I've watched, I went and saw this one also twice in the theater and I've watched it, I think three times on Blu-ray since I've had it, which is a lot for me, you know, a, a movie. Usually I watch it once in the theater, maybe once again on Blu-ray and then not for a while, you know, like a year or two and then I'll watch it again, even if I really enjoy it. I'm definitely not a movie geek, although I do like movies and TV and everything, you know, and comic books. But um, definitely give this one a look. And I probably don't do it justice to like why it's number two above these others. It's just, like I said, it just gets in my gut a little bit. And there's just the interaction of the different characters and how they treat each other and uh, all the stuff that kind of goes unsaid that you kind of probably fill in for yourself. Um, I, you know, really is what engrosses me with that movie. Uh, which leads me to the number one, which is the inspiration for this list. And that is a show that's actually on the Geek and Sundry channel called LARPs. And it's season two specifically is what happened in uh, 2015. Uh, season one is also awesome, and I would definitely say if you if you are intrigued by this, go watch season one first because of course it's going to lead up and build up to season two. But uh, they did a crowdfunding, uh, I think it was Kickstarter, Indiegogo, I can't remember, uh, for season two, and so they were able to get more crew and cameramen and all kinds of people like that, and really expound and increase the story, add more actors to the mix, and everything like that. Um, amazing show, and it has sort of this cross section of of sort of geek culture and that kind of brings me back to my point and so what LARPs is about is a group of folks that get together and LARP and I don't LARP or hardly RPG I do that a little bit but uh, they get together and LARP and what that is is they dress up and they fight each other in the woods and all that and they sort of act out a role-playing game physically you know and they'll do actual combat and and get into character and, and just take on that role and sort of become that so it's like the most immersive type of gaming that you can think of and during the course, I'm trying not to spoil anything. So during the course of the seasons, 
I will spoil one thing, and it's kind of the main crux. So one of the characters is writing about the LARP. They are they write for a newspaper, and they're sort of documenting that, and it's sort of that person's take on it and they actually sort of really enjoy the LARPing and that's all I'm going to spoil about it but that's sort of one of the one of the main threads there's several threads in there uh, but to me that I kind of resonated with that because you know like I do this video thing and talk about gaming and all that and, and participate in gaming and I like to game so I found that also interesting and again I don't want to spoil but the dynamics with that particular character and also the game master and uh, some of the other characters that revolve around that was so well executed and portrayed and it felt very authentic you know it felt like these i'm like these people must larp or something <laughs> like in general like it felt like they were really pe really people that were doing this and there's a lot of sort of and i don't know that they really intended this but there's a lot of sort of commentary i think on gaming and like who's included in gaming and who uh, you know how media perceives gaming and the different social dynamics that can arise within a game group uh, you know they're in a larp group so they're very um, there's a sort of intimacy there that was very interesting and uh, it that in some ways i don't know if it uh, literally parallels <laughs> definitely not my game group but you know it sort of allegorically parallels other game groups and stuff like that i expect and it just touches on certain issues of just everyday human issues that can arise just with a group of people doing an activity and then all these other sort of aspects of life kind of getting in the way in some ways of just you know being part of it and again it does that not similar to mad max but it has sort of the same effect of just it's just part of everyday life and it's just what they're doing this it doesn't uh you know the term i believe is mary sue which i don't fully understand that term but that's because i have a mental deficiency and i thought we took care of most of this stuff in the 80s and 90s but i guess not <laughs> uh, anyway so there's a mary they don't mary sue it they don't sort of set it up and say hey this is weird and different or whatever um you know and so we're going to set this other person up on a pedestal versus this other type of person because they're not getting enough equal treatment and all that it doesn't do that. It just kind of rolls along with the punches. And it, so it feels very real. It feels like people I know and that I could actually talk to. Uh, so that is very interesting. And because they just do it so casually, you just kind of find yourself falling, um, you know, not in love with the characters, but like you just kind of, you, you get in with the characters. You're like, oh, I'm, that's easy. They're, they're like, you know, I can relate to them super interesting. And so you start to really care about the characters. And there's an interesting dynamic where you care about them, sort of their real person and also the character in the LARP. And there's a lot of bounce back and forth and connections that happen with that. It's amazing what they pull out. It's just amazing. And I saw the season finale, which ended a couple of weeks ago from the time of this video. And I was just like, so like was moved. I was like, this is crazy. Like they pulled this off this little group of people. And this is, they, they, they take you in all these different directions and, you know, mental spaces and everything. Like I talked about, you know, real character versus LARP character and all that. And it just, it blew me away. And I was like, man, I have to talk about this because it's, you know, it's gaming and it's, it's gaming and media and it's gaming and just personal relationships. And it just like, was like, I was like, yes, you know, so good. Um, and then I was like, well, let me talk about some other stuff that I relate to, you know, with this. And, you know, I started thinking about pandemic legacy and how much that has really impacted um, what I see in this uh, this world of board gaming. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the list of five there. And I just, I find it so interesting because 
Uh, I've seen people sort of discuss uh, Mad Max to some degree and Jessica Jones online and Pandemic Legacy and Star Wars online. Um, and it all kind of comes, and always this this thing from my past, like sort of, sort of like not not haunts, but it almost haunts me. And I had a, um, I'm actually looking at a painting of hers. I had a, a mentor uh, talk to me when I was younger. Um, she just she was a painter, and so was I. And uh, and she told me something very interesting, and it's kind of it relates to sort of the way geek culture talks about itself. Um, and so hopefully you can have a little bit of suspension disbelief. I just don't want people to take it the wrong way. Um, she said the one interesting thing about religion is that nobody seems to be able to talk about it in a fun way. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense to me <laughs> because people seem to sort of argue about like what color the drapes are in heaven or whatever, or the afterlife, or if there is one. And they, they tend to fight about it and they tend to set up and erect these sort of dogmas that are very precariously uh, unstable but really depend on them based on certain things, which is fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody needs something to help them every day. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because in a certain extent, you should be able to kind of just casually talk about a lot of things that aren't sort of um, of earthly importance, you know, or the sort of visceral, tactile elements of survival. Uh, and I would probably put that stuff in that kind of category, I know a lot of people wouldn't, but uh, I would put that in there. And I think um, geek culture kind of reminds me of that. And that's just an interesting thing to me. It's just something to kind of think about because I see interesting things happen over the last year or two um, that I probably won't give a name to. But I think if, if you spend as much time on the internet as I unfortunately do, um, you might understand what I'm saying. Um, and that's just interesting that people can sort of talk about different things that really are meaningless, but on the other hand, can also put their tentacles into you and make you immerse yourself in with them and sort of commit to them. So there's like a certain commitment that just kind of sort of naturally happens that is bizarre to me with all of this, and especially with gaming, because you actually are an active participant. If you watch a movie or a TV show, you're kind of just being fed the information. Um, you're still a participant, of course, but, um, so this, this whole this stuff is kind of percolating in my head, and I just think it's interesting, and it's, it's a strange spot for me to be in, because I'm now here doing this, talking to the camera, and I'm not like, I don't want to sound like I'm crying about it or complaining about it, because it's just, it is what it is. But I do think there's, moments for taking thought and taking a step back and realizing like what you're doing and what what why you're doing this thing that you're doing and what you're trying to get out of it and you know the people around you when you're doing these different activities that should be fun um, and I think there's there's a larger sort of message there that you can sort of take out of geek stuff maybe or gaming for sure um, that you can sort of extrapolate into life and I think it's helpful. I think gamings are, games are helpful in that way. Um, but I don't want, I don't also, on the other hand, I don't want to think heavily about that. You know what I mean? Like I say that and I know it's true. Like I know inside of me that those, these experiences that I've talked about and that the LARP series itself sort of highlights, even if I don't think they meant to, I think they might've meant to, but it's hard to know. And if they did, they did such a good job and they did so effortlessly. It's amazing. But 
you know, these, those kind of game experiences that, tr that sort of translate and sort of heal in a lot of ways and, and create a space for you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Um, and I think those spaces can be so different for everybody. Obviously they are, um, but I think it's interesting and I think it's, it's, it's cool and it's good and, it, and there's nothing but good in it, you know? Um, and I think they're still good in gaming, right? I mean, I could, that sounds horrible, but so I think, and there's always has been, and there always will be. And I think it's something you can take and you can take that, this, that joy out of it and suck it out of that environment and then transmit it to the rest of your life. Um, and then get joy out of your life and transmit it into your gaming group or whatever. Uh, and it's just some thoughts that I've had because I f just feel like we're sort of at this strange spot in time, or maybe it's just me. But anyway, those are my kind of top five geeky moments and those all kind of relate uh, to different things. And I thought LARPs really, really moved me. And so let me just take a few minutes here and talk about all that. So uh, anyway, enjoy yourselves and have a nice 2016. Thanks.